Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Yes, the voice of Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, who passed away June 11 following a period of illness. He was 73. Bill was co-founder of Amateur Radio Newsline and for the past 15 plus years a regular contributor to this, the WIA National News Service. Even while hospitalised earlier this year, he kept his ear to the ground for news from the amateur radio community so he could pass it along to those who'd taken over Newsline during his illness and also provide it here to WIA News. His illness was discovered after he broke two ribs in a fall. He made his career in television engineering and production, retiring as a broadcast engineer with KTTV in Los Angeles in 2012 and continued as a broadcast consultant. In addition to the ARRL, Bill Pasternak belonged to the Radio Club of America, the Quarter Century Wireless Association and he also enjoyed flying, including stints getting on the air from thousands of feet up. Survivors include his wife of 43 years, Sharon, KD6 EPW. Rest in peace, one of the good guys. Bill Pasternak, WA6 ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. That pesky little Aussie balloon is still floating on its record trip. The Pico foil party-type balloon, PS46, that has already gone around the Southern Hemisphere, is east of Africa. We told you on this broadcast last week how the balloon, launched by Andy VK3YT from Victoria, moved eastly over South America and then nearly to Africa. Well, after days of slow progress, it went towards Angola on Tuesday last, before making a sudden turn to zigzag ever so slowly about 500 kilometres parallel to the African coast. The balloon then drifted over Botswana, South Africa and exited Mozambique on Wednesday, heading north. PS46 needs to go over the Indian Ocean to claim circumnavigation status for a second time. Anzac 100, lots of interest as more events happen. The Moorabbin District Radio Club had 12 members at its VK100 Anzac commemoration adjacent to Mentone RSL, which marked the end of Gallipoli Campaign's first phase. It was headed by Ron Cook VK3 AFW and made nearly 300 QSOs. The Elizabeth Amateur Radio Club as VI5 Anzac was at the Elizabeth RSL for the Vietnam 50th anniversary of Australian forces landing at Vung Tau. Another involved VK100 WIA, logging in CW well over 1,000 QSOs and more than 100 DXCC entities. June 4 to 10, and this was thanks to Tommy VK2IR and VK2GR Allen. The Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society had VK100 WIA, June 16 to 19, commemorating the 75th anniversary of the RAAF secret mission. It included a symbolic fly-past of a P3 Orion 4-engined aircraft. Now, 
All Anzac 100 events are on the WIA website, wia.org.au, and summarised for this broadcast. If you have an appropriate event, then please contact the WIA's Vice President, Fred Swainston, VK3DAC. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Hi, this is Frank, VK2BFC, with news from the Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club. The Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club will be holding their annual general meeting on Tuesday, July the 7th at 7.30pm at the First Lavington Scout Hall in Much Street, Lavington. Elections of office bearers for the next year will be held at the meeting and a report on plans of the club for the next year will be given. The next financial year will be a busy one for the club as a new multi-band analogue digital repeater is being installed. This will cover the Greater Albury-Wodonga area on 6 metres, 2 metres and 70 centimetres. D-Star facilities will be available on the repeater also. The new 2 metre repeater will also be carrying the weekly WIA news every Sunday morning. The club has three weekly nets which all are welcome to participate in. On Mondays at 8pm local on the VK3 RNE repeater 147 MHz. On Tuesday at 8pm on 7.047 MHz for digital enthusiasts. And on Thursdays at 8.30pm on 3.555 MHz. So if you're in the Albury-Wodonga area, pop along to the First Lavington Scout Hall in Much Street, Lavington on Tuesday, July the 7th for the AWARC Annual General Meeting. Full details are also on our website at www.awarc.org. This is Frank, VK2BFC. What use is an F-call? Recently I received an email from a fellow amateur who pointed out a curious phenomenon that was being taken up by new amateurs with little purpose or necessity. He pointed out that on air some amateurs, myself included, are referring to local companies indirectly, saying things like the green hardware store, the J store and the blue furniture warehouse, meaning Bunnings, J-Car and Ikea. Gasp horror, I've just said three company names on air. Bunnings, J-Car and Ikea. And I did it again. The world didn't come to a sudden and laborious stop reverse direction and made a big mess. We don't think twice about saying Yesu, Icom, Kenwood, Ellacraft and any other brand. So what's going on? As was pointed out to me, the amateur license conditions prohibits commercial use of the amateur bands. The people who were on air before me were using strange constructs, so I copied them. People keep copying from what they hear, and so it continues. Until at some point the original person who said it in the first place is no longer on air and their legacy continues. Sometimes this is a good thing, but in this case it's just plain silly. There's nothing preventing you from naming names, pointing people to a purchase you made, or making suggestions about where to buy a particular part or component. You're not allowed to start making a 30-second spot that starts advertising the wares of a supplier, or starting to sound like Pete Smith with the sale of the century, but short of that, you're pretty much good to go. So thanks for pointing this out to me, and I hope I'm able to pass on the knowledge. I wonder what other bad habits I've already picked up in my blossoming amateur activities. 
Amono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. ARRL Kids Day. If you hear the call CQ Kids Day this weekend, it will be part of the ARRL Kids Day on Sunday the 21st of June. Kids Day is a way to introduce young people to the magic of amateur radio in the USA by getting them on the air, and this year it's on Father's Day on both sides of the Atlantic. Young people will be getting on the air from amateur stations all over the USA, so please give them a call and help these potential new recruits into the hobby. Twin CubeSat Mars Flyby will support NASA InSight Landing. When NASA launches its next mission on the journey to Mars, a stationary lander in 2016, the flight will include two CubeSats. This will be the first time CubeSats have flown into deep space, and if this flyby demonstration is successful, the technology will provide NASA the ability to quickly transmit status information about the main spacecraft after it lands on Mars. The twin communications relay CubeSats, being built by NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, in Pasadena, California, constitute a technology demonstration called Mars Cube 1, Marco. CubeSats are a class of spacecraft based on a standardised small size and modular use of off-the-shelf technologies. Many have been made by university students and dozens have been launched into Earth orbit using extra payload mass available on launches of larger spacecraft. The design is about six times the size of a genuine CubeSat, that is about the size of a briefcase. Marco will launch on March 2016 from Vandenberg Air Force Base, California on the same United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket as NASA's Interior Exploration using seismic investigations, geodesy and heat transport InSight lander. InSight is NASA's first mission to understand the interior structure of the Red Planet. Marco will fly by Mars while InSight is landing in September 2016. Help needed to receive NanoSat-C BR-1. The first Brazilian CubeSat NanoSat-C BR-1 has been experiencing battery issues for the last several months and it now seldom emits a beacon on CW on 145.865 MHz. The HAM community has asked for assistance, particularly our Northern Hemisphere readers and listeners, to see if NanoSat-C BR-1 is still transmitting any signals. Any help will be much appreciated by Edson, Papa Yankee 2 Sierra Delta Romeo. Help record the 2015 BBC Antarctic Midwinter Broadcast on June 21. Every year the BBC broadcasts a special program to the scientists and support staff in the British Antarctic Survey Team. Music requests and special messages to the small team of 40 plus located at various Antarctic research stations. This year, Thomas, Kilo 4, Sierra Whiskey Lima, is calling on all shortwave listeners and hams to make a short recording, say 30 to 60 seconds of the show, and share it on the URL of the shortwave post. Now it is today, so random wires and MP3 recorders at the ready. Now it's to our very good friends at the Amateur Radio Newsline. 
And again, our condolences to the AR Newsline family on the loss of editor and founder, Bill Pasternak. Google X Research Labs is said to be working on several new battery technologies, one of which is a solid-state power cell in the form of a thin film. Solid-state batteries could be a technology that would change our portable energy consumption with its high energy density. By using solid electrodes, solid-state batteries are much safer, and even human implement applications might be possible. In the past several years, Google has been venturing out to many other technologies that utilize batteries. Developing its own in-house battery technology could shape and mold how the energy source behaved. Another shortwave broadcasting is making ready to shut down. The Bulgarian DX blog reports that International Radio Serbia is going to close all operations on June 30th after 79 years of broadcasting. Serbian International Radio currently has programming in 12 languages, including Italian and English. More than 70 employees of the station currently protested the announced termination of the operation front of the Serbian government building in Belgrade. News, talk and radio sport. Here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2015. We start with news from Kevin, VK4UH and Charlie, VK4YZ, managers for the Harry Angel Memorial 80 Meter Sprint Contest. The Harry Angel is an annual event. Uh, established in 1999 to commemorate the life of, uh, of its namesake, who at the time of his, uh, of his passing was the oldest licensed amateur in Australia. The contest itself uh, is run in four separate sections, a phone section, a CW-only section, and a mix, that's phone and CW section. And this year we introduced uh, a new shortwave listener-listeners section to the, uh, to the contest. This morning... I'd like to give you the results of this year's competition. This year there were 29 logs received in the phone section and we've awarded first position to Peter Richardson, VK2PR, Papa Radio, with a score of 59 points. Second position with a score of 46 went to Rob McKnight, VK2 Mike Tango. And third position went to Tony Hambling in, uh, with a score of 43, that's VK3 Victor Tango Hotel. In the CW section, we had nine entries. This year, rather unusually, we've awarded three joint first positions uh, to Steve Salvia, VK7 Charlie Whiskey, to Laurie Mew, VK5 Lima Juliet, and to Alan Mason, VK2 Golf Radio, all who scored 32 points. In the mixed section, that's CW and phone, there were two entries. First position was awarded to VK3 Mike Echo Golf, Steve Barr. And second position to Gavin Brain, VK3 Hotel Yankee, with a score of 32 points. Unfortunately, we didn't receive any uh, entries in the listener-only section this year. Hopefully we'll, uh, that'll change in, uh, in the future. Full details of all of the the entrants will be available on the WIA contest website and in AR magazine to be released after this broadcast has been to air. And remember that uh, not only do the three highest scorers in each of the sections receive uh, uh, an award from uh, the Harry Angel contest, 
points scored can also count towards the Peter Brown Champion Trophy. Charlie and I would like to thank all of those who entered the competition this year uh, and all those who entered logs. Uh, and we look forward to, uh, to seeing you in further years. The provisional date for the 2016 Harry Angel Memorial Sprint will be May the 7th, which is a Saturday. Thanks, Kevin. Now put that date in your diary now. Harry Angel 2016 event will be Saturday, 7th of May. Next month is the Trans-Tasman Contest, 18th July from 0800 hours UTC. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 1 and 2. Remembrance Day Contest, August 15 and 16. Oceana DX Contest, Voice, first full weekend in October. Oceana DX Contest, CW, second full weekend in October. War Exhibit and Amateur Radio at Museum. The annual International Museums Weekend is held over this and next weekend. Setting up a solar-powered amateur radio station on the lawn next to the Melbourne Museum at Nicholson Street, Carlton. Uh, Julie, VK3FAWL and Joe, VK3YSB. There will be regular on-air demonstrations including CWSSB in all digital modes and displays of WIA posters, magazines and brochures. They can be heard 9am to 6pm on Saturdays and Sundays on 80, 40, 20 and local repeaters. So if you hear them, please call in, or better still, visit the Melbourne Museum and see the World War I Centenary Exhibition. Details of it can be found at the URL in today's text edition. And don't forget you can register on the WIA site for the text edition to hit your email in tray automatically. Details are on wia.org.au. Audio logs and CQ Worldwide DX Contest. A wheel is a wheel, yet far too often we see folk trying to reinvent it. A new requirement in the CQ Worldwide DX Contest requires the top entrants to record all contacts they make for possible ladder verification. The rules for the SSB Contest on October 24-25 and CW contest on November 28-29, asked that any single operator seeking a top three finish in certain categories to record what is heard, in other words, an audio log. Some claim this rule is an onerous impost, others just a sign of the times. A technical solution is offered which captures QSO audio only and remains silent otherwise, thus reducing the length of the audio file. The CQ Worldwide DS Committee can ask for such a recording, and if none is made available, it may reclassify or disqualify the entry. Will the audio requirement catch on to other contests? Time will tell. New DR3000 repeater in Malta. A new DR3000 repeater has gone on air in Malta. The repeater forms part of the 9H1 BBS repeater system, which consists of two analog candle repeaters running on VHF and UHF, each with a dedicated echo link system. And now joining the setup is a DMR repeater which is directly linked to the UK Sea Bridge, Russian Yeti Expedition. Between June 11 and 16 and September, there will be a complex seasonal research of cinema radio expedition using the call sign UE44Y and known as the Russian Yeti Expedition. The expedition UE44Y will be active from various locations of Mount Shuria, Kemerovo region, until September 16th. Activity will be on various HF and VHF bands of different types of mode communications. For QSO's SWL with the Expedition UE44Y headquarters, Russian Yeti Expedition, there will be issued special paper three diploma classes and an original ethnic plaque. Complete details as well as pictures of the QSL's logo and diplomas can be seen on qrz.com.
Tour de France PA15TOUR. From the 1st until the 28th of July, club station PI4UTR will be on the air with a special Tour de France call, PA15TOUR. Not sure if QSOs will be drug tested though. HI. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, a panoramic tour of the ISS. ESA astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti has been cataloguing a home of six months to create panoramic images that you can rotate and explore. Each section of the space station requires about 14 fisheye photos that have been stitched together. Areas of interest can be clicked on for more information in another browser window. Eventually, the entire station will be available to be explored. Oh, and can you find the ham TV transmitter on the floor? Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amity Young Timers. The SARL would like to thank everyone who contacted Etienne ZS6EFN for feedback received following last weekend's announcement here that the SARL will be kicking off a rookie amateur radio program. The first draft of the manifesto document has been forwarded to the SARL Vice President Nico van Rensburg, ZS6QL, who represents the program at league level on behalf of Etienne. Radcom Basics launched. Following the launch of the RSGB's technical e-supplement, Radcom Plus, in May, the RSGB is delighted to announce that the electronic new starters newsletter has been rebranded as Radcom Basics. Designed to help newly qualified amateurs get started in amateur radio, Radcom Basics is currently sent to 2,300 members who have subscribed to it. And another news, PU2WPX is the youngest radio ham in Brazil. The Liga de Moradores Brasilias de Radio Emissia Labari reports that nine-year-old Leonardo PU2WPX is the youngest radio amateur in Brazil. Other members of Leonardo's family who are radio amateurs include his 14-year-old brother PU2KAG, parents Marcelo PY2FN, and Elise Angela, PU2YLJ, and cousins PU2TSE and PUTTOB, both 15 years old. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Weissen in Victoria at the Crossroads. The two people who have led Weissen Victoria for many years are to resign, leaving the organisation in need of filling those two positions. The State Secretary, Mark Dodds, VK3ZR, has been in the job for 14 years and has decided to take a break. The State Coordinator, John Kerr, VK3BAF, has also attended his resignation and Minute Secretary, John Brown, VK3FR, is stepping down also after many years. In a statement, John VK3BAF said that the three had been in the chair for many years and new blood is needed for the organisation. He reminds all that those positions must be filled if Weissen Victoria is to continue as an incorporated body. The issue will be finalised at the upcoming Weissen Victoria Annual General Meeting. 
and Weiss and SA, they'll be having a fundraising barbecue at Bunnings Mount Barker on the 19th of July 2015. They're officially able to sell sausages and soft drinks from 0900 hours through to 1600 hours. Worldwide special interest groups summer to the air. Sota News. VK7 seasonal bonus reminder. We welcome Alan, VK7BO, to the Sota Honour Roll. Now, Alan has been quietly achieving many summits around northern Tasmania. This is also a quick reminder that the seasonal bonus for the VK7 SOTA Association has started. But what does this mean? Well, between the 15th of June and the 14th of October inclusive, you'll get three extra points for activating summits that are greater than or equal to 1,200 metres above sea level. So, for a summit like Mount Wellington or Mount Barrow, you get 10 points and three seasonal bonus points, an easy 13 points. Worldwide special interest groups low down. The Mildura Beacon receives more reports. The medium wave 473 kHz beacon VK3FI in northwestern Victoria has been heard in New Zealand with a report from CON ZL2AFP at Wellington. He reports that the CW beacon was clearly audible. There's quite a bit of QRN, but this seems to occur when propagation is good. The best reception was at about 22.30 hours New Zealand time. Nighttime reports also came from Western Australia, and John VK4TJ had good reception of it near Toowoomba. The upgraded home-built CW beacon at Nichols Point, Mildura, is feeding an L antenna plus radials. It had its daytime field strength measured at being about 500 kilometres. A report by Don VK3BIG at Geelong detected the beacon, whilst Philip VK3ELV at Mount Bruno in Victoria's northeast reported it at some 8 dB above the noise floor during daylight. Further reports on both day and night reception of the 473 kHz beacon from anywhere are most welcome and can be sent to VK3FI at wia.org.au Well that's all I have for you this week This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne Rewind Another Mayday story but this time not from southwest Western Australia but from the Atlantic and obtained from the Engineering and Technology Wiki at ethw.org The earliest use of radio aboard ships was as an extra service to wealthy passengers who wanted to monitor their stock investments and run their businesses while at sea. It was not until after the Republic and Titanic disasters that radio evolved from a luxury to a necessary safety device. Early in the morning of 23rd of January 1909, 80 kilometres south of Nantucket Island, the Italian ocean liner Florida was off course in dense fog. Suddenly there was a crash. The Florida had collided with another liner, the White Star Line's Republic. The Florida's bow drove deep into the port side of the Republic near the engine room. The resulting gash was below the waterline. To keep the boilers from exploding, Republic's crew shut them down. This saved the ship, but without generators there was no electric power for lights or radio. The Florida, whose engines were still functioning, was not equipped with the radio, so despite the heavy damage, it was up to the Republic to send a distress call. Jack Binns, the Republic's 25-year-old radio operator, rushed to his radio cabin, which had had one of its walls ripped away in the collision. Fortunately, the antenna was still intact, 
and emergency batteries supplied just enough power to transmit a signal 95 kilometers to Nantucket Island. Bins transmitted the Morse code distress signal of the day, CQD. The D stood for urgent. A Nantucket station retransmitted the message and several ships in the area steamed towards the ship in peril. It was clear that injuries to the Republic were serious and passengers and crew began evacuating to the damaged Florida, at best a stopgap measure. The lives of more than 1,650 people were in jeopardy. Bins stayed aboard the sinking Republic, trying to direct nearby ships towards them. One, the Baltic, headed over. Finally, at 7.20pm, after more than 12 hours of Jack Bins working his telegraph key in the freezing cold, the Baltic came into sight and rescued the remaining crew of the Republic. Radio had proven itself a life-saving device at sea. Bins testified before the United States Congress on the importance of radio at sea, but unfortunately his advice went unheeded. For his bravery, the French government awarded him a medal. His employers rewarded him three years later by offering him the most prestigious radio operator assignment in their fleet, aboard their brand new ship Titanic. Luckily for him, Bins turned down the offer. This is Andrew, VK6, Alpha Sierra. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Now, what is it I say about this time every week? Yes, we've reached the end of WIA National News for yet another broadcast. On the social scene, July 1 in VK4, Caboolture Hamfest, and three events in VK3, Gippstech 2015, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at Cranbourne, and Alara's 40th birthday lunch. Gippstech is July 11-12, July 18 is Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club, and the Alara 40th birthday lunch happens July 25. Now, till next we meet. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.